Hello, and welcome to episode seven. I am your host, Sarah Chappé. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, FAQs, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link. And to find out more, head to our Facebook and Instagram page at Blank Slate LNK. So, Jake, I love conspiracy theories. Okay. I love going in deep on the Twitterverse about them. It's the Twitter sphere, actually. Oh, the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Fake fan. Um, which isn't really the most accurate, as like accurate as conspiracy theories could maybe be. Probably not. But um, it is juicy, and I love everything about them, and I love mm-hmm. everything about conspiracy theories. <laughs> Um, whether they're true or not. And I love getting my hands on a big fat piece of conspiracy gossip. I'm glad that's how you finished that sentence. (laughs) Um, And I think I thought since it's Halloween, I thought we could dive into some I found. Okay. Are they spooky? I, I mean, have you seen those like costumes where people are like dress up as your biggest fear and some people will be like... (laughs) A ghost and someone else would be like financial debt. So I feel like they're more like on the financial debt fear. Like when I was reading them, I was a little spooked, but I don't know if like they are spooky. Right. Per se. Okay. It just makes you think about the world around you and that can be scary. It can be. That can be a scary thing. So um, I I will preface this by saying, um, I enjoy conspiracy theories as well, but yes. I don't think I enjoy them to the level that you do. I definitely, definitely like I will nerd like out. I'll sit I'll sit down maybe one night a year <laughs> and like get into conspiracy theories where I feel like you kind of live in that rabbit hole. Yeah, I I'm like I'm on the cusp of the rabbit hole, but I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy theorist. You wouldn't? No. I would. I would call myself a conspiracy adjacentist. What does that mean? That like, I'm here for it, but I'm not like <laughs> doing the research on it. Like I'm not creating theories or I'm not like, like I'm not like on the message boards. I'm you're involved. open to the idea of some counterculture idea. Yeah. I think it's, I do believe most of it's probably more real than we want to think. Most of it? We'll get into that. I have my arguments <laughs> and my counter arguments for you. <laughs> All right. Well, so, I guess we might as well just yes, uh, dive in. There's a lot. And I'll try to be um, your voice of reason or yeah, okay. devil's advocate or whatever. Yeah, you're going to make me mad then probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I can't They're going to hear us argue. Yep. So um, some of these are pretty popular, like pop culture conspiracies and then some are kind of like random, like a few that I found. I was like, what? People like actually mm. think this. And then I was like, this could be true. Yeah. Um, the research I pulled is not from Twitter. It's mostly from Wikipedia. So just as reputable, just as good, maybe yeah. even better than a repu- reputable source. Because <laughs> it's like, a, you know. Yeah, it's probably slightly better, I would hope. Yeah. So I'll have all of the the uh, sources linked in our show notes. Mm, in, in the case, footnotes. Yeah, in right. case anyone wants to, to at me. 
Okay. So our first one that I've got for you is that Finland, the country, Finland. Wait, sorry, what? Finland? Finland. 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 Okay. The country does not actually exist. So. Interesting. The sources that I found say that the first appearance of this conspiracy was in a Reddit post where all good conspiracy (laughs) theories go to live and die. You're sourcing all of the most (laughs) reputable sources online right now. You know what, though? Like, those places... Hey, I get a lot of good information from Reddit. Exactly. It's where I get all my my reviews. Exactly. I I can't, like... This is this has nothing to do with conspiracy theories, but with Reddit. Like if I'm Google, like searching researching a product that I'm thinking about buying, mm-hmm. I will search like XYZ product review Reddit. Reddit, yes. Because it's people like you don't have to worry about people that are like Bots. endorsing the product yeah. or something. Yeah. They're all painfully honest. So, yeah. So yeah. semi reputable. It's source. probably more reputable than Twitter. Yeah. Um, so Reddit post in 2015 that discussed the, the thread was weird things taught by parents to their children <laughs> and the anonymous user under the name Rare Gans, I think is how you would say it. I'm going to butcher everything in this. I'm Rare Gans. Okay. Whatever. Rare Gans. Okay. He posted a story um, about this theory in all seriousness and then the post went viral on other social media sites. Like other, like, what is it, 4chan's and uh, uh, Tumblr were the other two. Yeah. Is that is that the how you say it? 4chan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so the argument for the fact that Finland does not exist is Finland doesn't exist, and it was made up by Japan and the Soviet Union. It's said that in the Cold War era, Japan and the Soviet Union shared a secret about a stretch of the Baltic Sea, which is between the Soviet Union and Sweden. And around the mid-20th century, the two nations collectively spread the idea that there was a landmass known as Finland on the stretch of ocean to keep the good fishing between themselves. So they wouldn't have to share. Huh. Um, The Japanese were free to fish as much as they liked without worrying about international laws as long as they gave a share. My source said Russia... But I'm assuming that would still be the Soviet Union then. I don't. Right. I do not know when the Soviet Union became Russia. And yeah, at, at me if you want. That is my public school learning system right there. This one I'm gonna say right up, right out of the bat, right out of the gate, off the bat. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> These ones are really hard to refute if you're not like a history buff, which I'm not, <laughs> because like to me. I sometimes have this sort of abstract idea of like, is anywhere that's not here real? Yeah. Like, how do I know? Yeah. And I don't know enough about the history of Finland. To well, know. let me just, let me seal this for you then so that you really right. will know that yeah. Finland is not real. Enlighten me. So a claim about the theory is that the Trans-Siberian Railway was built to transport the catches of fish from the Baltic Sea to Japan under the guise of Nokia hardware. You remember those Nokia cell phones? Yeah. Which would explain why Japan is the biggest importer of the brand's product, despite the fact that very few people in the country actually use them. Coincidence? I think not. Wasn't Nokia a Japanese company? Um, I why would they be cons- importing their it, own? See? 
Um, another claim is that the name Finland proves the theory as it comes from the fin of a fish, ignoring the fact <laughs> that in Finnish, the country is called Suomi. I and think, again, I could totally be butchering that, but I think, um, you can't say this proves the theory just because no. of someone's opinion that the word Finland proves it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think that's the that's not the selling point of that's this. That's not a nail in the coffin. To no, me. you're gonna no. have to do better than that. Okay. Two more points that I got for you. Okay. So there is a population of 5.5 million Finnish people themselves and thousands who immigrate to or visit Finland. And I'm sure you're wondering, what about these people? Do they not live in Finland? Then. That's and exactly what I was wondering. <laughs> the conspirators have claimed. That the Finnish people, while believing that they live in Finland, are actually residing in small towns throughout Sweden, Estonia, and Russia in remote oh forested areas. <laughs> and that this is where people are traveling to and are actually flown to. Um, conspiracy theorists have come up with a significant amount of evidence to back it up. Finland isn't a popular country and that many people visit. Not many people visit, so nobody can really say that they've seen it for themselves. Another... Another point that has been made is that if you search it on Instagram, it's not really like people visiting. It's kind of like stock photo-y images, which really? you could say most of Instagram is now really curated. So sure. therefore, sure. I feel like my defining point in this conspiracy right now is the Nokia hardware because no one's using Nokia cell phones anymore. That's not true. But also, I will say <laughs> that I... Hmm. I uh, stand corrected that their headquarters is in Espoo, Finland. Oh, was, see? I thought it was a Japanese company for some and reason. And they... Does Nokia even exist? Like, do we know Yeah, this? they put out phones still. Yeah, but no one's used... I have not seen a person use one. Just because you haven't seen... Okay, all the, the people in the Finland me, are using it. Let me enlighten you about... <laughs> Please uh, do. ...about the cell phone world. Please. America uses a lot of iPhones, but the yeah. rest of the world doesn't. Mm. Like most of the rest of the world is actually using Android phones. Of that I do know that's different, true. Different uh, yeah. manufacturers. Yes. And yeah, the Nokia, they've got, I mean, they've got cameras and stuff too. Nokia oh. Lumia, Lumina mm. or Lumia or whatever. Okay. Okay. Nokia okay. Nokia Z or uh, 7.2. I mean, I'm going to go ahead Z6. and just say I do believe Finland exists. And oh, these are yeah. the counter arguments, which are, I only have two points, but I feel like they're pretty much solidifying the fact that this is fake. Yeah. Um, theorists claim that the images are altered and that it would take a lot of time and resources to change every single one. They would also need to bribe every airline and pilot who flies to quote unquote Finland to keep the secret. Yeah, that's, that's the one that gets me is the <laughs> amount of people that you would have to have in on the con. Yes. Which at this point, like why still? Yes. Because <laughs> it's not the Cold War anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that it would be hard to fake an entire country considering there are people that are alive from before this theory existed. Exactly. So. That's a good point. That That's that's an easy conspiracy theory to dip right. your toe hey, in. We're just getting warmed up. Getting warmed up. We're about to get deep. Deep, deep dive. Yeah. I think we can both agree that Finland probably does exist, although I've never been there. Exactly. And I'm, I still sometimes, depending on how many cocktails I've had in a day, will have thoughts of like, 
is this real? Do anything, I even exist? Is anything other than what I yeah. know actually a thing? Exactly. So, is it all a simulation? Well, maybe this whole podcast will change your view on maybe. everything. Maybe. Hope so. We'll see. All right. Number two. This is a pretty popular one, though. When I asked my mom, she did not know it. And this is kind of like from her generation. Yeah. Um, number two is Paul McCartney is actually dead. Mm. Have you heard Classic. this one? I have. Okay. Um, so on October 12th, 1969, Russ Gibb was hosting his show on WKNR and a mysterious caller told him to put on the Beatles' white album and spin the number nine, number nine intro from Revolution nine. 9. Have you, you've heard this song, I'm assuming? Have you heard it? No. It's spooky. Oh. Well, if you play it backwards, you'll hear Turn Me On Dead Man. And then the mm -hmm. clues kept coming in. At the end of Strawberry Fields Forever, John Lennon says, I buried Paul. Mm. I mean, I've got my points for you if you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the song um, number nine, number nine. Yeah. By itself is just like very odd. Yeah. And, the, and then... It's like they would almost had to have written that song just for the sake of being able to play it backwards mm. because it, it's so strange. It like doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I, would I should listen to it, but now I'm scared too. <laughs> I, mean, it's it's a, I mean, it's a regular song, but there's like the number nine, number oh. nine, just yeah. like over and over again. It's kind of... Well, apparently if that goes backwards, it's turn me on dead man. Yeah. Part of the song anyway. Interesting. All um, right. What else do you have to convince me of? Paul McCartney's death. Well, let me, I'm just going to tell you now that I'm biased because I believe this conspiracy. You think, you think he's dead? I kind of do because there's also another conspiracy, which we're not going to dive into, but a very popular one from our generation is that Avril Lavigne is dead and they have yeah. a, and that one is freaky. And I got into the Twitter deep on that one and I literally yeah. was like freaked by it. Yeah. I was going to say that it's sort of a, a semi common thing that there's like these celebrities have been. Have swapped. died and then been yeah. swapped with a lookalike or yeah. something. That's a pretty so, common conspiracy. It's not out of the realm of possibility for me, so I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, I'm coming in with some bias. Okay. So apparently, Paul died on November 9th, 1966. The replacement was instigated by Britain's. Is it M? I. F M1. Five. M I five. Okay. I'm not versed with Britain's stuff either. So Britain's special. Forces, forces yeah. secret agency. Um, so it was instigated by them out of concern for the severe distress that McCartney's death would cause the See, Beatles' yeah, audience, which the Beatles was kind of like the first boy band. So imagine like all just, it would cause heartbreak. Like imagine if Harry Styles during the height of One Direction died. There's rumors that that's true, that there's some like fake One Directioners. I don't like Harry Styles, so. Oh, I'm not saying I, <laughs> I like or really. dislike these people. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get the, I get the line of thinking. Yeah. There, at least. So, um, the stand-in was an orphan from Edinburgh. I think is how you say it, based on me watching Outlander, and they reference <laughs> this a lot. Named yeah. William Campbell, whom the Beatles then trained to trained to impersonate McCartney. Um, the surviving Beatles were said to be racked by guilt at their duplicity and therefore left messages in their music and album artwork to communicate to their true fans. Um, I feel like that's like, if you're feeling guilty, just like come forward. 
But then it would like it would have caused all that. It would have caused a literal riot. A ruckus. Yeah, that's true. At the that whole point. band would have been exposed as frauds and then yeah. they would have lost everything that they worked for. True, 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 true. So here are some of the things that fans have pointed out. So Paul was officially pronounced dead, which would be OPD, on uh-huh. Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock. People point to the line on the Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club sleeve, like mm-hmm. artwork, that Paul mm-hmm. wears an OPD patch. Mm. Okay. Another example is the Abbey Road album. Yeah. Covers the funeral procession. And I think this is one of the most famous. I like this one. Yeah. I like this one. Is that Lennon is dressed in white, which symbolizes the heavenly figure. Star is dressed in black, which symbolizes the undertaker. George Harrison is in denim, represented or represents the gravedigger, and McCartney is barefoot and out of step of the others, and it symbolizes the corpse or that he's the one that's, mm-hmm. you know, dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, because of the Abbey Road just being released, there's other things. Paul is holding a cigarette in his right hand when the real Paul was left-handed. Like, who forgets that? I mean, maybe, you know, he was shaking hands with people and had to hold his cigarette in the other hand. Yeah, maybe. Okay. So um, the Volkswagen in the, I think it's the cover art, has the license plate 28IF. That's how old Paul would have been if he were alive. 28 if. He was 27 and when he supposedly died. Okay. Um, I Am the Walrus song ends with a live BBC broadcast of a fatal scene from Shakespeare's King Lear with Oswald groaning, Oh, untimely death. And in Mm. Glass Onion, John sings, Here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. Like, John's (laughs) like, Here, guys. (laughs) Here we go. Here's another clue for you all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if he's just playing with it, Mm-hmm. Like, he knows what's going to happen saying that. Right. So, before we get into the counter-arguments, okay. I need to ask you a few questions about this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Number one, what is the proposed cause of death of Paul McCartney? Um, they said that he was in a car accident and that he was decapitated. There was kind of, like, a few different, like, things, like, saying, you know, car accident slash car accident, he was decapitated slash he maybe drove off and then took his own life. But the most common one is car accident. He was in a car accident on um, a bridge. And there was just like no emergency first responders that would have been able to identify him at the scene and be like, oh my gosh, this is Paul McCartney. He's dead. The the, Apparently the band like hushed all uh, like news out. The band, their manager and everybody hushed all of the like news outlets and everything so that come Wednesday morning, there was no headline. So the idea is that Paul McCartney died. People knew. And then this band of hippies and their manager <laughs> had the power and control over the news no, outlets. No, the Britain's M.I. You said the band. You're going yeah, back okay, on yourself I'm going now. back on myself now. This replacement was... So the band probably called M.I. 5. Or they're and, like, Paul's dead. And then like someone through someone through someone, it gets all the way up to Britain's like yeah. secret service. Yeah. See, I just have a hard time with these things of like someone through someone through someone and somehow it's this big secret because like if or, I tell someone what I had for breakfast today, 
and I see someone else that I didn't tell that, they'd be like, how was your, bre- how was your, your eggs and steak and eggs that you had for breakfast today? Because I can't even keep little things secret, let alone that like one of my best friends has died. Yeah, but you're also not going to be like, and he's hey, famous. if you tell anybody, I will kill you too. If you tell anyone I had steak and eggs. Oh, so you think they, uh, they threatened people? I think, yeah. I mean, I don't know all of the details. I was not involved in this Britain's Secret mm-hmm. Service, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, Maybe man. it's not even by Britain's Secret Service. Maybe Paul did overdose or something, and then. But someone had to have found him, right? There's like spooky noises going on <laughs> behind me now. The ghost of Paul McCartney. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> All right. Anyway, what are what are the counter arguments for this one? Um, on October 21st, 1969, the Beatles' press office issued statements denying the rumor, deeming it was a load of old rubbish, because they're in Britain, yeah, <laughs> and saying that the story has been circulating for about two years. They get letters all the time. Um, it's nuts because Paul is very much with us. I mean, obviously, they're going to say that. They're going to be like, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Got us. Got us. So then... Paul had an interview, um, Rolling Stones, 1974, and he said, someone from the office rang me up and said, look, Paul, you're dead. And I said, oh, I don't agree with that. But was that Paul? I don't understand. I don't understand this one. Someone called Paul and told Paul he was dead. Yeah. Like someone from the the, like office that his manager was in or like their recording office, recording studio, because it was making huge headway in America. Right. So like it was becoming very popular in which my next point says, as he continued to tell Rolling Stone, they said, look, what are you going to do about it? It's a big thing breaking in America. You are dead. And so I said, leave it. Just let them say it. It'll be the best publicity we've ever had. And I won't have to do a thing except stay alive. So I managed to stay alive. Mm. Compelling argument. everyone's, Everyone's telling Paul that he's dead. Yeah, they're like, dude, you are dead. What are you going to do? And he's like, probably nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess I should go kill myself because you're telling me I'm dead. Yeah. Interesting. Um, So when Klein, the band's manager at the time, was asked why John Lennon said, I buried Paul, he claims that it's on that particular take, his guitar buried Paul's sound. Yeah. I would buy that. Okay. As a musician yourself, is that a common thing? It's a pretty common phrase to say that something is like buried or like covered up or things aren't cutting through, you know? Yeah. I could could see that. Yeah. Um, So then my last point is, in an interview, McCartney was quoted as saying, perhaps the rumor started because I haven't been in the press much lately. At this, around this time, he did have his first child. So Mm. him and his wife kind of went and you know, secluded themselves, took some time with their new baby. Right. Um, I have done enough press for a lifetime and I don't have anything to say these days. I am happy to be with my family and I'll work when I work. I switched. Um, I was switched on for 10 years and I never switched off. Now I'm switching off whenever I can. I'd rather be a little less famous these days. Hey, that's a good enough reason. Yeah. You know, I think the Avril Lavigne one's a little bit more believable. <laughs> Because we don't, we don't have an accident. We have no, we have no like, oh, if there was a car accident, like you said, like who was the responders and things like that. Avril Lavigne is just like switched. They think she overdosed. Her managers covered it up. 
the look you're giving me right now <laughs> is telling me I'm not getting through to you. You're not. Because every time, every, every time there's one of these theories that X person has died and they've been switched with someone else, there's like this crazy long chain of knowledge of someone, <laughs> like someone had to have existed and then they ceased to exist. They're, that like doesn't just go unnoticed. <laughs> so like someone, and if there is someone that's super famous, like even if it's just like they're like they're living in an apartment or something and they yeah. smell their corpse rotting and someone comes in, someone they didn't even know, if they're famous, they're like, oh my gosh, that's Avril Lavigne or oh my gosh, that's Paul, <gasps> Paul McCartney. Like they're no. not going to, their, their first res- like idea isn't going to be like, oh, I should probably not tell anyone about this. It's gonna be like I'm gonna tell everyone I know about this. Because yeah, but it's like, like think huge. of all of the like celebrities that OD and like the person that finds them is their manager or they're like. And then you hear about it. Yeah, but like they don't want people to know Avril Lavigne died. But they, who? They who's are they? the ones that the who's manager they? and the like recording. You know, but they're why? like inner circle. I don't but know why? why. I don't know why, but I just know things happen. Here's here's my problem with conspiracies: is you talk to a conspiracy theorist or a <laughs> conspiracy adjacent adjacentist okay, yeah. as yourself, and those people always ha- have the same phraseology of "they want" or "they say." <laughs> but like, who is they? Who are these people that you're so like afraid of or that you're uh, you're well, we'll get into on. that. We will get into that. That's <laughs> yeah, my next one. These but, all link together somehow. <laughs> um, so for this, Paul is dead. 50 years later, it still remains the weirdest and most famous of all conspiracy, music conspiracy theories. Yeah. Do you, so you think he's dead? I said yes at the beginning, but, uh, you know, maybe just let the poor guy live his life. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. I, just, I think it's weird. <laughs> I think there's some weird stuff. Like why yeah. why would um John kinda, say, here's another clue for you? Like is he just like let's really spur them on? Here's what I think. Tell me. I think the Beatles started this conspiracy. Oh, that's a conspiracy in itself. Because they were kind of a bunch of nuts. There were some loony guys. <laughs> and I think, you know, or, you know, maybe even their manager started it. Because it mm. would, like they said, here's this big publicity stunt we could do. Yeah. Let's start this, like, on the ground floor of all of our fans, start this theory that yeah. Paul's dead. And, then, yeah. and, you know, we're still talking about it. I don't remember the last time I listened later. to a Beatles song. Yeah. And I'm talking about this right now. So yeah. my gut reaction is that this was fabric this was an inside job paul's alive but uh fabricated story that he was Mm, dead that seems more likely Mm -hmm. seems like a more likely because then they're in on like yeah here's this puzzle we're gonna put together for people like all these easter eggs in our albums yeah yeah it'd be kind of like if you're a creative person and you're doing acid and stuff all the time like the Beatles were (laughs) that'd be kind of a fun thing like oh let's put opd on his sleeve and then Oh, let's put the license plate at twenty eight yeah. or whatever. I if, I think that's yeah. what that's what I think. Happened. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. You're you're a reasonable thinker. Yeah, I'm probably right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is hefty. This one it's is hefty, hefty conspir- for sure. Because it's kind of three conspiracies in one because they kind of build on top of each other. Love it. Um I tried to make it as cohesive as possible, but you could literally do one cons- like one episode about each one individually. Right. 
they're kind of a lot. So these are just like the, this is the framework. So hold on for dear life. Hold listeners. on. Hold on. Sarah's this. about to go to the dark place. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to let her. Yes. So the first one is Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. And I 100% believe this one. I watched one documentary on it. <laughs> I am sold. <laughs> well, if there's a documentary, it's real. It is real. Yeah. There are there are things about it that are real, and it's like very much a real thing. The Freemasons. Kind of, yeah. 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 So we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So Freemasonry. Um, conspiracy theories concerning the Freemasons have snowballed since the 18th century. Theorists have alleged that Freemasons control large parts of the economies or judiciaries of a number of countries and have alleged Masonic, 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 yeah, okay, involvement. (laughs) Clearly, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And events surrounding the sinking of the Titanic and the crimes of Jack the Ripper. Mm, Lovely. Mm -hmm. Usually, these theories fall into three categories political, particularly in the US and the UK. Mm-hmm. religious, usually involving allegations of anti-Christian or satanic beliefs and practices mm-hmm. or cultural involving popular entertainment. Mm-hmm. So like when people think Beyonce is involved in all this, she's an Illuminati, but we will get to that one. <laughs> she's not a Freemason. She's, she's not a Freemason. Illuminati. Illuminati. Right. They're different. <laughs> yeah. Educate yourself. Yeah. They're kind of, they're like at, you know, a little bit of drama. Okay. Hatfields and McCoys. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So of the claims that Freemasons have control over politics, perhaps the best known example is that of the new world order theory, Mm. but there are others. These mainly involve aspects and agencies of the United States government, but actual events outside the U S such as the propaganda do scandal in Italy, which was the Freemasons branch in Italy because they Mm -hmm. all have like, you know, branches and hubs. Like there's one in where you live. Um, in Italy, but it was tied to a bunch of corruption and murders. So they were like, Oh, here we go. Bad news. Um, And it's often used to lend like credibility to these claims. Okay. Um, there are various theories that focus on the embedding of symbols and otherwise ordinary items, such as street patterns, national seals, corporate logos, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Et cetera. No. Et cetera, et, et cetera. Et. Uh, what am et, I saying? E-T-C. Et cetera. What am I saying? Et cetera. Oh, kind of like espresso. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Et cetera. Whatever. It's not important. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there are conspiracies that the Freemasons are intimately connected to the Illuminati, as I said, because the Freemasons are what helped found America as George Washington was an outspoken Freemason. And it is believed that the way Washington, D.C. is set up is in the symbol of a Freemasonry, like the way the streets and buildings mm-hmm. are. Um, and the symbol is literally everywhere on the buildings in Washington, D.C. The mm-hmm. head of Freemasonry is in Washington, D.C., like right mm-hmm. across the street from the something important building. Um, so yeah, that's Freemasonry. It's super interesting if you actually yeah dive into it. Isn't it supposed to be like secret though? Highly secretive. So you can talk to people. The documentary I watched, they actually interviewed people that were Freemasons, but they can only release so much information. And even in the documentary, they're like, ask a question. He's like, well, you'll have to join to find out. 
and it's like this limited amount of knowledge and each level you get higher you obtain more and more information and secrecy and the big thing about freemasonry is that they believe that they can't trust you with all of the information if you can't keep like the secret handshake a secret so they give you a secret Mm. handshake and password and if you tell someone that like you won't know the like inner workings yeah i had friends in college that were like that about their frats though well that's part of this sorority girls are very very secretive (laughs) about their secret handshakes interesting yeah they don't they don't even let people into their little meeting rooms in the basement of their house exactly yeah i got into one once by the way so are you like a sorority girl now I try to be, yeah. I'm definitely a woo girl if I've drank enough. Did you have to give a blood oath? Yeah. Wait, did you really? I definitely shed a little blood. We'll leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We had like a game night and uh, it was like a bunch of us dudes and like three of the girls. And so Mm -hmm. like obviously we could like get into the room if we wanted Mm -hmm. to. So we did. And then we got kicked out of the house because it was like. You can't this, be in here. This travesty against humanity or something that we uh, broke their little secret. So it is. Yeah, Th- that's more in the Illuminati, but yeah, they were very, some- very, very mad at us. <laughs> <laughs> something about the Freemasons is that it's not confirmed. Like obviously, they can't admit to this, but that you have to give a blood sacrifice, mm-hmm. blood oath slash sacrifice, and like go through all of these like ritualistic things to be like inducted into it so if they like divulge their secrets what happens to them um they well i mean it's all hearsay but it's like you'll be killed Mm, lovely yeah Yeah. i love it (laughs) i love the idea of that high stakes (laughs) (laughs) all right all right does this lead into the next one okay so the next point i have is the illuminati which is the other group that i mentioned that this is probably a little bit better known amongst our yes. generation yes for sure the freemasons are like if you if your like grandparent was a freemason like then your dad is like most likely to be a freemason and i believe it's only males it's not a female it's like a men's club gentlemen's club not gentlemen's club that's a strip club <laughs> i hope not yeah. <laughs> i mean maybe who knows <laughs> I, I guess yeah i don't know what goes on <laughs> okay so the illuminati the order of the illuminati was an enlightenment age secret society founded by the university professor adam W. (laughs) Adam W. Something. Weiss hopped. Weiss hopped on May 1st, 1776 in Upper Bavaria, Germany. So he's Mm. even saying like this is a secret society, not like this is a fraternity. Hey, everyone. Just so you all know, this is a secret. Yes. Don't tell anybody, (laughs) but I'm founding it now. That is my biggest hang up of these is like, it's all (laughs) supposed to be a secret, but they're putting their logo on buildings and like. And everyone knows about them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the movement consisted of advocates of free thought, secularism, liberalism, republicanism, and gender equality. So when I read that, I was like, I laughed out loud because none of those things go together. Liberalism and republicanism. Those don't, I don't think those go together. I don't know if it means in the way of like politics, Democrat and Republican. I think republicanism is like the idea of a republic. Oh, okay. That would make sense then. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. Um, (laughs) And they sought to teach rationalism through mystery schools. So they even called them mystery schools. That sounds super cool. Right? (laughs) Like Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. 
1785, the order was infiltrated, broken up, and suppressed by the government agents of Charles Theodore, Elector of Bavaria, in his effort to neutralize the threat of secret societies ever becoming hotbeds of conspiracies to overthrow the Bavarian monarchy and its state religion, which was Roman Catholicism. The best part about that is that he had to try hard to neutralize the threat of multiple secret societies. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is just the one we know of. But, like, yes. everyone back then was trying to start their own secret society. Yes. It's like everyone tried to start their own pyramid scheme. It's like, it, this it, is my like, secret. <laughs> just you, you have your secret. This is my secret. My secret. Right. Like, low-key, is this, like, the start of, like, pyramid scheming? I think so. Okay. I actually, I actually think so, yeah. I think so, too, because of your experiences with it. <laughs> We'll just keep oh. hinting at these and never <laughs> yeah. talk about them. And then people will, that's how we'll retain our <laughs> listeners week to week. Perfect. They'll be like, maybe they'll finally tell this story. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So there is no evidence that the Bavarian Illuminati survived its suppression in 1785. But mm. in the late 18th century, reactionary conspiracy theorists began speculating that the Illuminati had survived, even though there was no reason for them to believe that. Um, survived their suppression and became the masterminds behind the French Revolution and the Reign of Terror. Mm. Yes. What is the uh, Reign of Terror? Um, you know, I I don't know. Well, I think it's something. Period of the French Revolution after the first French Republic was established, which multiple massacres and public executions occurred. Yeah, isn't it like with the queen that's like, "Let them eat cake," and then she like beheads everybody. You know, you know more about history than I do, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> My history comes from Netflix documentaries. Yeah, well, all I watch on Netflix is Friends, so I know a lot about the <laughs> 90s. But other than that, I'm pretty bad. Well, somebody DM us and tell us what the Reign of Terror is, and if I'm right. If there was cake. If there was cake. Yeah. Um, so the Illuminati were accused of being subversives or a traitor to the government in power. Mm -hmm. Um they were accused of attempting to secretly orchestrate a revolutionary wave in Europe, which is kind of their basis of like, it's like their mission statement mm -hmm. um, through Europe and the rest of the world in order to spread the most radical ideas and movements of the enlightenment. Mm. During the 20th century, fascist propagandists not only popularized the myth of an Illuminati conspiracy, but claimed that it was a secret society which served the Jewish elites that supposedly propped up both finance, capitalism, and Soviet communism in order to divide and rule the world. Right-wing populists began speculating that some collegiate fraternities, see, gentlemen's <laughs> clubs, see, yeah. and think tanks, all of the American upper class are a front organization for the Illuminati, which they accuse of plotting to create a new world order through a one world government. Huh. So, I mean, if you think about it, for it I think I was not a sorority I was not in a sorority. I was not affiliated with anyone in a sorority. Right. Um, I believe that frats and sororities did start because Freemasonry is one of the first, like, fraternities, uh, you know, established. Because it, mm. it was here when America was established. And it right. was, like, this first, like, community of, like, secret society of men. Of Brotherhood. Lads. Yeah. A couple of gentlemen's. <laughs> And they that that's something they always say is that it's a community of brotherhood, so it like falls into that sorority fraternity type of deal. Yeah. So for the Illuminati to be kind of intertwined with it, whether it's really 
yeah. as evil as they say, it's it could be pretty. Yeah, you know, it does kind of make sense though because I feel like it's not always the case, but um, kind of like a stereotype of sororities or fraternities is that they're like the rich white kids or mm-hmm. you know very An elitist well-off group. elitist people yeah. yeah and like i said before anyone gets offended and dms us <laughs> i don't believe that and i don't think all people are like that i just think that's like one of the common misconceptions or yeah stereotypes stereotypes so like it would make sense if you were um you know ceo of x secret society to try to yeah. get, get these uh potentially influential people early on yes yeah. yeah yeah and you think you know when it first started when first colleges were popping up here in America, most of their like, you know, it's like president George Washington and like John Adams and people like that are having their kids and sending them to school and they're involved in it. So it's just kind of already starting with this like generational thing right? of high powered, high influential people. And then you market it as being like, be a part of the society and, all these successful people and we will take over the world. Yep. And they've so. got great parties. <laughs> I was never invited probably because I thought that they were all going to take over the world. I always got the, who do you know here? <laughs> Did you try to just like walk up to these parties? No, I had friends and that were in fraternities that, you know, I'd go out with and, um, you know, before you were old enough to just go to the bar like a normal person, you'd have to go to these houses to... yeah. Whatever, and you'd have to you'd have to like sign an NDA basically about who like who you were affiliated really? with. I mean, no, but they would oh. ask, they would literally ask you at the door who you know there. If you're a guy, if you're a girl, yeah. you can just go in. Yeah, but they don't just let random dudes in there unless they're like invited or something. Probably smart. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's because they're hiding secrets in yeah. their walls. They're hiding Paul McCartney's corpse in there. Oh, what if? Oh my gosh, they just like pass down the bones of Paul McCartney to the yeah. next. Um, okay, so we keep talking about the New World Order. Yep. Here it is, folks. Let's go. The New World Order theory states that a group of international elites controls government, industry, and media organizations with the goal of establishing global hem- hedge money. Hegem- hegemony. Hegemony. when we say we have no business talking about stuff i'm proving that right now it's hegemony hegemony but i also don't know that's why i didn't correct you earlier (laughs) whatever various conspiracy theories believe the new world order is an emerging totalitarian world government They are alleged to be implicated in most of the major wars of the last two centuries to carry out secretly staged events and to deliberately manipulate economies. Organizations alleged to be a part of the plot include the Federal Reserve System, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, Bilderberg Group. I think that's like a financial company, and I am probably wrong. Well, you were were right about hegemony, so. Oh, nice. Score for me. Um. European Union, United Nations, World Bank, International Monetary Fund, Bohemian Grove, Le Cercle, and the Yale University Society, Skull and Bones, which is one of the frats believed to be tied to the Illuminati. Shit. Shoot with a name like Skull and Bones. <laughs> I would believe I know. that. Did, did you watch um, Gilmore Girls? Uh, I... <laughs> 
Unfortunately, so yes. <laughs> I've seen enough of it to, I think, know what you're talking about. How yes. The, like Rory becomes involved with it. Because that guy was... I, I saw some episode yeah. where um, he like kidnaps her and takes her onto this like secret getaway and they shot each yeah. other with paintball guns or like did yeah. all this weird stuff. Yeah. And because right. she goes to Yale, but I don't think they call it the Skull and Bones Society in the show, obviously. Right. Because but, they would, you know, get killed but for yeah probably demonetized (laughs) (laughs) but uh that's uh that's what they're referencing is this secret society right um one of the world's foremost conspiracy theories which claim that the illuminati are secretly promoting the new world order theorists believe that a wide range of musicians like i said beyonce and whitney houston have been associated with the quote-unquote group Mm. what do you think about this new world order um Yes. You just think yes. I mean, like, I feel like it has the premise of being, like, I think all of this, like, Freemasonry, Illuminati, New World Order stuff has a lot of, like, good, like, I can't think of the word, (laughs) building blocks, to be correct. Yeah. But I think some of the, like deeper stuff where they think like the new world order is run by reptilian people wearing the skins of people, (laughs) which is a real thing a little bit too far. Yeah. Like I don't think that's true, but I think there's definitely a small inner working group of high elite people and high elite like industries trying to create something like this. And I mean, we have something like that already with the United nations. It's just for good. And it's just known supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people think the United Nations is a part of the New World Order, so... Part of me kind of thinks it'd be silly not to um, be open to the idea that, like... Because I think, like, the collection of the most powerful people in the world, you could easily fit in one room. Oh, for sure. So it's, like, not outside the realm of possibility that those people are all having conversations with each other. Even if it's just, like... Even if it's just the most wealthy people in the United States or, like... Yeah. um, It doesn't... I mean... Maybe not on a grand scale of the entire world, but on yeah. some scale, I think things like this are not yeah. super crazy. The and reptiles think- thing and the fact that like some like <laughs> you're right. I feel like it it very quickly deteriorates once it hangs out on the internet for too long. Yes, but um, I think some of the fundamental concepts of it are not super outlandish. Yeah, I think we would be surprised by the people that are actually the like high influencing people like they say Beyonce like she's a sing- she's a singer and she's very well known yeah you know it'd be like saying like Kim Kardashian's in it like yes obviously she has power and money and obviously she is a reptile obviously <laughs> but you would never think that she would be like a world leader like orchestrating stuff but right. I wouldn't be surprised by that that these people that like we've come to like know and love in our pop culture almost are right. the people pulling the strings? Like, well, do, doesn't it seem like that's way more plausible because they have a, they have a certain kind of influence that like politicians don't have yes. over like the most people. Yeah, like, I'm I'm not into politics. Like I yeah. have my political opinions that I keep to myself, but yes, <laughs> like I don't get involved in political conversations or like, um, you know, really get super into it. But I am pretty involved in like music and art and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I have people I admire, mm-hmm. and I tend to like gravitate towards their opinions more than like 
a politician. Whoever, whoever is president at the time. I'm not even yeah. going to say my opinion about Or even like, just like a world leader because there's right. a bunch of stuff going on over in London right now too. Well, I sort of just, this, is, this says more about me than anything, but I kind of maintain this own theory of my own that um, most politicians are just figureheads. You know, they're uh, yeah. just spokespeople for whoever, Yep. you know, I, I think that's kind of their position. They're supposed to be a spokesperson for their people. Yeah. But I think a lot of times they become spokespeople for, you know, whatever um, corporation they're in the pockets the of or they're in yep. bed with or whatever. So, yeah. Um, but even like if Beyonce was telling world leaders what to do, like behind the scenes, I wouldn't mm -hmm. be super surprised by that. No, either. I would not be either. I think also we would be very surprised if we were a fly on the wall, the things that get talked about, the things that are going on. Yeah. And that's just from me reading through Twitter's like <laughs> deep web stuff. Right. But you see some of these like, I didn't put this in here, but there is the like um, pizza, like not pizza hut, but like pizza delivery service. Uh-huh. It's just like a vague word. Um conspiracy and it's actually for like sex trafficking. Uh, but like a politician will say, "Hey, I would like to order um a cheese pizza." And it means a specific type of like mm, order, gross. you know? So just like, like when I they think, say they need a uh someone to paint their house. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's but it means you, something. It's when you need a hitman. Oh, yeah. You need someone so to I paint my house. Would, yeah. I should stop saying that in our conversation. <laughs> you just need to paint your own house, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'd be very surprised by, like, we have just become sheep that believe what, like, media tells us, what social media tells us, what pop culture tells us. Yeah. And we, and we don't really pick up on a lot of those things. And then if we do see things like that in the news or things like that that get leaked, we're like, oh, that's crazy. But like, yeah. I think we would be surprised by how much is actually real with things like this. I kind of think we're right where they want us. Probably. Just like the, you know, like easily, easily informed, but also easily convinced, you know. Yeah. We can just be dogmatized however, yeah. you know. However they want and us. And things that actually hit the news, we're like, no way. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> you know? Well, and you think that like someone who is like a diehard conspiracy theorist, the stuff up on their walls or like the people that are like, you're being lied to. You are kind of led to believe that they're crazy. Yeah. Even though they might not be believing in like reptilian figures. Right. But they might really believe in this new world order and you're like, you're yeah. crazy. But it's like, are they? I think there's know. a fine line though because I think a lot of those people are actually crazy. Maybe. Or, you know, they're really loud about it because it, it gets them attention and, like, you know, anything for the clicks. I guess. The only, like, real conspiracy that I've been super pretty convinced by is um, the Bob Lazar aliens are real kind of thing. I I have met an alien. Oh, yeah? I I have. But based on your face, I'm not ready to talk about I, it because you won't believe this. me. You, you won't me believe me. The one in your closet? It wasn't in my closet, but yes. Yeah, you've told me about this. And it was real that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, maybe it did. I'm I I literally don't know. I just I think that you know, I've become a lot more open-minded to things like this in the last few Enough years. Enough people have experienced it. Okay. Like that's another Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing is things like that are like shared experiences among people. Right. Who aren't like taking a drug together. They're like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like here's okay. my here's my counter argument to your experience. 
<gasps> this happened to you at a certain point in your life after you had heard enough of these other stories. No. Yeah. Because no, I remember cause... this happened to you. We were there was a summer where you and I watched like on Discovery Channel, we watched all of these alien shows because they were always on daytime <laughs> in the summer. We watched them all. And then like a few months later, you came back and you're like, I saw there was an alien in my room or whatever. Or and maybe they were just like, she is open-minded. I just think if you hadn't <laughs> have ever heard that story, you would have never had that experience. I just want to tell you guys the look Jake is giving me. <laughs> He's just like pleading me to come back to like no, normal. Just, and you know, maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. <laughs> I, I I really don't know, and I you know, I don't, I don't think, like telling people about it. because I'm afraid think, they're gonna come back. Well, they're gonna think you're crazy. But I just I just <laughs> think that the uh, a lot of are you afraid the aliens are gonna come back? Yes. I think that um, a lot of people have had these experiences, quote yes. unquote, um, because and they say that's their ex or their line of reasoning for why it's true is because so many other people have had shared experiences. Mm -hmm. But if you had put all those people in a vacuum for their whole life and they would have never like heard about the other experiences, would they have ever had that experience? Maybe. No, I don't think so. <laughs> because I think it's a subconscious, like I think, you well, know. Well, then I've how much of everything we experience could be chalked up to that? Probably a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had, I've had nightmares where I've woken up and swear to, swear to God thought I was awake. You know, and yeah. there was like a giant bug in my room or something. That's a real thing. Those are called night terrors. Yeah, but like that could have been the same thing where you were like sleeping because it didn't this happen while you were asleep and you woke up and there was an alien in your room. I cannot confirm or deny this. So, yes. <laughs> so this, this could have been the same thing where you had a dream where you woke up and you were in your room and you, there was an alien there. And then you did wake up and then you're like, was that real or was that not real? And now you think it's real. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm just saying that, you know, it, it's compelling. I don't know any other. I've never heard of anyone else who's experienced a giant lobster cockroach flying through their room. But that's something I've experienced. So I'm sure if you searched it online, you could find somebody else. All right. I'll work on that right now. <laughs> okay. So our next point in this trilogy of uh, false society is the Denver International Airport. This is a very famous conspiracy. I think even if you don't have conspiracy theories or you're not a conspiracy theorist adjacent like I am, you've heard something about the Denver International, International. International Airport. So some theorists, the, wow, some <laughs> theorists believe that the Denver International Airport stands above an underground city. <laughs> Do you want to start over? <laughs> <laughs> Underground city, which serves as a headquarters for the New World Order, which is why I included this because that is what we're talking about. Theorists cite the airport's unusually large size, its distance from Denver City Center, Masonic, right? Masonic? Masonic. Sure. Masonic. And alleged satanic symbols, as well as a set of murals, which include depictions of war and death. Yeah. First off, my one question about this is why Denver? It's not even center in the of the like country. It's relatively centrally located. I guess I'm just like why Denver mm -hmm. is my it's a big you city. Know. 
Yeah, but like so is New York and so is like LA and so is Chicago. It doesn't have to be central. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't know. I'm just like, why? I just want to, I just want to ask them and be like, why do you guys pick Denver? It's harder for someone to bomb Denver than to bomb a coast. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So there is a capstone laid over a sealed time capsule from a dedication ceremony on March 19th, 1994, etched into the stone underneath an inscription leaving the time capsule's content to the people of Colorado in 2094. Um, there are the squares and compasses, symbols of the Freemasonry, and the names of two grand masters, which I believe are like the high high up in Freemasonry, uh-huh. as well as a mysterious group called the New World Airport Commission who like dedicated this thing. New World Order. New yeah. World Airport. <laughs> Crazy. media chief relations officer Heath Montgomery said in an interview, the capstone was part of the pre-opening festivities. It's a time capsule that's sealed with two pieces of granite that the Masons made. Unfortunately, people connect the Freemasons with the Illuminati and the secret societies and all that stuff. We do have two Masonic symbols on here because the Masons actually made this for us. It's not uncommon to have the Masons be a part of a large public facility opening like an airport but it's a secret. interesting <laughs> interesting yeah. i do uh i think it's interesting that the time capsule actually exists yes like he confirmed that yeah. and it's interesting that these freemasons slash ties are at these big public you know openings like your mayor is going to be at something like, yeah you know what i mean so yeah. if he's a freemason Probably is. a grandmaster. Like, there it is. So, Mm -hmm. okay. One of the most prevalent conspiracy theories regarding the Denver International Airport is that the airport was built to conceal massive, top-secret underground bunkers. There are multiple theories as to why those bunkers exist, including the bunkers are being a home for aliens or the reptile people. That's another... Yeah. Um, the space will be used as a FEMA concentration camp in the future when the U.S. government will kill its own citizens and that the space is intended to be a fallout shelter for the wealthy and famous should the earth face some sort of apocalyptic disaster. I've heard those last two more commonly than the alien one because what's Area 51 for then if they're using underground? You it's know for their mean? craft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... I yeah. think the FEMA one was is definitely the most popular one, Sounds which plausible. is also interesting because my husband works like with FEMA. No, he doesn't like work for FEMA. He works with FEMA, and he's like, "Why FEMA? Like that's just such a random, yeah, like company, like part of the government." So, right. who knows? But if it's part of Freemasonry and the Illuminati, that's the high ups. Uh-huh. And they're they're creating their wealthy and famous fallout shelter. Yeah, I think that's probably the most plausible. Yeah. Um, So there is actually that amount of space below the Denver International Airport, approximately 470,000 square feet. According to the Denver Post, the spouse, the, what is that noise? I've got some apparently dogs upstairs running. (laughs) Or aliens. It's spooky. I'm getting freaked out. (laughs) Okay. Just aliens up there. Alien dogs. Um, The space below the airport is a thriving workplace that serves a very practical purpose in which more than a thousand employees work there every day. And there are also two very long tunnels 
that are used to transport passengers' luggage around the airport because that airport is massive if you've that, ever been. That's a theory or that's legit? Legit. Oh. Because in 2016, the airport started offering tours to the public of their underground space, leaving people to believe... What? It's just funny that they would do that. I know. <laughs> um, Got to get believe, them off the scent. Let's give them tours. <laughs> yeah, that's what people are saying. Like, if something was fishy was going on, would the New World Order be so bold as to offer tours? Right. Probably not. So, which is also funny that this theory started, you know, when it was built in like 94. Yeah. And they waited till 2016, which was only three years ago, to well, start giving tours. Well, because there was probably no interest in it until then. The internet hit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Denver International Airport's art contains what could be called as alien languages, soldiers and gas masks, oppressing peasants and Freemasons, plaques, or weird art, as it said. So I was in, I was at DIA not too long ago, and I don't remember yes. seeing any of the art. But you didn't? I, no. I, oh. I mean, I wasn't really looking for it, but yeah. Um, I was on a shuttle with a bunch of people that were talking about like trying to go around and find all of it. Oh, really? Yeah, they were like, we need to go find all the weird paintings. But um, like driving in to the airport, I think when you're driving in from the east, there's mm -hmm. like a giant horse statue. Yes. With um, Lucifer, it's got, as he's named. Its eyes are red lights. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of creepy. Well, funny that you should mention that. <laughs> there is a 32 foot tall, very anatomically correct sculpture oh, yeah, of a blue is. horse. <laughs> very correct yes that's i've left out some of those details his official name is blue mustang but with his sinister glowing red eyes and veins that can be witnessed by people as they drive in and out of the airport the locals know him as blucifer yeah it is said that blucifer was not built but was always there thirsting for blood Jeez. before installation blucifer had taken the life of his creator and his hunger for human life is insatiable yeah i mean that sounds legit yeah <laughs> A few other things. There are gargoyles that sit in luggage around the baggage claim. Uh, there is a mural in question, which is a multiple piece of art called In Peace and Harmony with Nature and the Children of the World Dream of Peace by Leo Tenguma. Mm -hmm. The artist stated that the mural was to depict man-made environmental destruction and genocide along with humanity coming together to heal nature and live in peace. But why? Also, why in an airport? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm so lost. That is just like, okay, the Chicago airport is like dope. Have you seen the like tunnel of just like yeah. lights and stuff? Yeah. That's like something I feel like the airport is like, let's make it fun. People are cranky. Like, not like, let's show genocide. Yeah. And this. Although if I was designing an airport, maybe just to be cynical and sarcastic, I would do that. Maybe. Like, and maybe it gives... Because sometimes when I'm like really stressed out from traveling and I walk into an airport and it's all like happy-go-lucky advertisements yeah. all over, I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you see a picture of genocide, you're like, like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how I it. feel right now. <laughs> I'm very genocidal today. Wow, and maybe terrible. it's something similar to like what you said about Paul McCartney that it's like these Easter eggs. So people who are like stuck with long layovers, they can walk around, try mm -hmm. and find these clues. Like it could be something that like. Yeah. Not necessarily that they designed to happen, but they're kind of leaning into now. Yeah. Or yeah, or like now people are purposefully taking connections in Denver. Yeah. Because they want to see these things. Weird. Who knows? That's a conspiracy in itself. <laughs> so the last one I have is um I felt a little like racist typing this one out. 
the supposed weird alien language are not alien at all, but rather are Navajo terms for areas in Colorado. The exceptions are the two words Brocksma and Villarreal, which are actually the names of the artists who made it. Mm -hmm. Aliens. Yes. So (laughs) those all three slash four go together convincing us that our world is not actually what we believe it is. Hey, you know, there was a lot of compelling compelling points. I think you've proved it. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, we kind of talked about it, but Yeah, I mean, I think um I think that the world definitely is not what we think it is all the time. Yeah. But I don't think it's as far as to say that there's reptiles running things for us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, like I said, I think it's kind of like, a, what's the saying that like stereotypes exist for a reason? Like there's, there's mm-hmm. some amount of truth to all stereotypes mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I live in the world's loudest building today. Spooky stuff is going Motorcycle on. Motorcycle season, I guess. Um, I think there is some like shed of plausibility to any conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. You know, so whether well, I'm glad you say that. Whether it be like, you know, the Beatles came up with it themselves and it's just like a marketing scheme or whether Paul McCartney's actually dead. You know, yeah. I think, I don't know. Who knows? I want to know. All right, well, let's see what you think about this last one, okay. which... I think is, I don't know. I have my opinions about it. Okay. It's called the phantom time hypothesis. So the argument is the ideas were first widely publicized around 1700 by the French Jesuit and librarian Jean Harodin, um, who believed... <laughs> who believed that most of the art and literature from ancient Greece and Rome were 13th century forgeries and that most of what we regard as Greek and Roman history never actually transpired. I believe that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I kind of have was, that running theory about a lot of history that I couldn't witness. <laughs> oh, so maybe you'll be a believer of this maybe, one. yeah. So it was championed and expanded it expanded and widely published by the Russian mathematician Anatoly Fomenko uh-huh. beginning in the in the 18 sorry wow holy 1980s. crap 1980s <laughs> which is quite a bit of stretch of time right 1700s 1980s yeah so we think so he, based on this he conspiracy had 1200 years to think about it yeah so Fomenko used statistical analysis and ancient te- of ancient texts and his own mathematical notions about ast- astronomical observations to show that Harodin had not gone far enough and that the Jesuits had forged all Greek, Roman, Egyptian, Chinese, and Arabic history, inserting nearly a thousand years of false history into the calendar. Huh. In Fomenko's revised chron- chrono- chronology. Thank you. <laughs> We would we would only have to go back in time some 900 years to meet Jesus. That's still a long time. Yeah, but that made my brain hurt because as of right now, it would be 2019 years. Yeah. Because it's like based on his death. Right. So that, 
you know? Mm -hmm. So a more specific phantom time claim comes from a pair of German conspiracy theorists, and I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I've butchered enough this podcast, who believe that our current calendar was inflated by 297 years through a series of errors and deliberate meddling by the Catholic Church, Mm. which means when we think it's the year 2019, it's actually only 1722. All right. So these two theories have different timelines and like different kind of math behind it, but their theories in general are the same, that history and chunks of time are fake. Right. So first published in 1991, the hy- it hypothesizes, hy- yeah, a conspiracy, yep. a conspiracy by the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly the Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII to fabricate the Anno Domini dating system um, in order to place them at the special year of AD 1000, which I'm not sure why that's special or why they picked that year. And I couldn't really find why, because I think this conspiracy is pretty shut and dry. Shut and dry. (laughs) Yep. And to rewrite history, to legitimize Otto's claim to the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. It is believed that this was achieved through the alteration, misrepresentation, and forgery of documents and physical evidence. Um, The calendar system that we use today is called the Gregorian calendar, Uh which specifies a leap year for every four years, except for years divisible by 100, but still including years divisible by 400. And I don't understand that because math is hard for me, and so is speaking, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was adopted in 1582. And it was largely motivated by the need to keep Easter in the right place on the calendar. Of course. Um, which was important to the church at the time. Um, but with their system of the Julian calendar, it would drift off 10 days. So the Julian system or calendar was simpler. It had a leap year every four years and no exceptions, but it was less accurate. The correction was ordered by Pope Gregory the 13th. And was accomplished by going from October 4th, 1582, directly to October 15th, proceeding with the Gregorian method from then on. So they just like shifted the date 11 days forward and said nothing else about it. Yeah. They're like, today's the 4th, tomorrow's the 15th. All right. So. Mark your calendars. One, the, <laughs> one of the German theorists that I didn't try and pronounce looked back over those 1,582 years and counted up the leap years found and found that uh, the 10-day error was too small and that the real error was actually 13 days. And he could only think of one possible explanation for uh, the astronomers coming up with an error that was too small, that the actual number of centuries that had existed were smaller than the Pope was letting on and reckoned that just about three centuries of recorded history were faked and never took place. But why? Because they were trying to put Otto on the thing, on the on the throne. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so that's the argument, right? That first off, something when I when I heard that it was like, okay, if you're in year 2019, you're actually in year 1722. For some reason, when I read that, I was like, why am I not wearing different clothes then? Dear God. But I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, just because the dates are wrong doesn't mean that like evolution of like fashion didn't happen still. uh, (laughs) 
the chronology of events did not change. Yeah, like I still am wearing a sweatshirt. Or maybe, just 1722. Maybe no one actually wore those things. Was, maybe yeah. that was made up. We don't know. Have you ever heard of the theory that like, um, I was just talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. This is one of my favorite thought experiments. That okay. like everything that you know in your entire life and all of your memories up until now were fabricated and transplanted and your your existence is only just starting. Ew, why would you ever say that to Isn't me? Isn't that fun? Isn't that fun? No, to that's think about? not fun. <laughs> it's like also, the, it's like the whole life is a simulation thing where like But why would I why would my life start right now? Who knows? Maybe it hasn't. So the theory is that my memory of yesterday didn't actually happen. It was just yeah, it's just a simulation transplanted into your brain. So when I wake up tomorrow and I remember right now, same thing. The idea is that it's just. Yep. Because I think don't like because that. think about anytime you're ever looking back on something, you know, what proof do you have that it actually happened? I mean, there's proof of stuff. Like you have pictures. Yeah, we have pictures of a lot of things. We have pictures of Mars or of the moon. Well, I guess they have pictures and documentation of these last this theory and they're saying that it's all faked. Exactly. That's what I mean. Why are you doing this to me? I thought you'd enjoy my my commentary no, I don't, on this. I don't like conspiracy <laughs> theories that are very personal and would affect me on a very personal level. All right. So you get to pick and choose the the theories that are correct based on whether or not no, they I have get to pick and choose the conspiracies that I am going to be adjacent to. Okay. What are the counterpoints to this one? Okay. Counterpoints. The proposal has been like widely rejected by mainstream historians. Yeah. Due to carbon dating and even looking at rings on a tree, many scientists are able to prove when things happened in the timeline, though these things are rejected by those who believe the phantom timeline because those who believe in the young earth theology point out the limitations, mm. which I read on all of this. I did research for this and I do not understand any of it. <laughs> Because science yeah. is not my thing. Yeah. Um, carbon dating is like, you know, I think we all kind of know what it is. Right. So the other argument um, is that those who created this theory believe in the biblical timeline as fact. And that, for example, in the year 1054, astronomers in India, China, and Japan recorded recorded witnessing the supernova that we now call the Crab Nebula, mm. you know, as you and I call it. Right. Yeah. I saw it the other day. Modern measurements of the nebula tell us that it exploded just over 950 years ago. And ancient records tell us that the year in which it was witnessed was 1054. Total, total solar eclipse darkened Europe and the Mediterranean in 1079, 1086, and 1098. Fomenko asserts that the supernova was the star of Bethlehem and therefore one of the eclipses with the darkness that descended upon the crucifixion of Jesus. But this could only work if our modern calendar is wrong by 10 or 11 centuries and using the Bible as a literal historical account. Mm. One thing that was said also is that we don't really have any way of asking anybody what they thought the year was versus what we think the year is. Um, we can't ask them and we only have documents to go off of. Man, do, 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 do. Twilight Zone. So that was like the big thing that like, even if, they said the year is 1725, but it was actually 900. Like in reality, what's that change for us? 
We just exactly. have different dates. The I guess the big thing is that people believe that stuff was faked, that like major chunks of history were faked, like major pieces of art, major rulers, major time periods were just never yeah. happened, which kind of then goes into this like ultra society, highly society that's kind of controlling and making things happen for us. What right. do you call us? Plebs? Plebs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are just kind of like in this yeah. world. I don't know. I, I don't know how. I, I don't think I believe this one. I feel like I could. Yeah. I mean, I could believe that like our time, our years are wrong, but like that doesn't change really anything. Yeah. Like if it's actually 1725, but we just call it 2019. Like, yeah, no, I I could believe that, that like the counting got off somewhere, but I don't yeah. know that I believe that like 300 years of history was faked because that's a lot. That's a lot of details that people had to come up with. Yeah, but if you think it's like back in the day, like back in the day, people are just like, oh, it got lost or like it burned up in this building that burned down. Like, No, I know. But like the history of, the, <laughs> of that time period that we know, like it's not very, um, it's not simple. You know, it's not yeah. just like any, any idiot with a pen could have made up that whole story. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of working parts to it and a lot of things that went yeah. together and like had to line up together for certain other things to happen. Yeah, I mean, it was like a full functioning society was going on. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think just like one man or a group of people could like um, very well um, like fictionalize that. Yeah. In my opinion. And like all these little details that happened in right. like literature and right. art, like so much. Right. Yeah, they would have had to make, made all of that art, which like, yeah, it's still ha like it was still made. The art was still made. So like, I don't yeah, know, it's it's weird. Was it though? If it's a simulation? Well, I don't know. I've never seen it, so. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I've never been to Paris. Whole... Paris, so I've never seen. Parents. It. I've never seen the Mona Lisa. I mean, the thing about all of these theories is that I think they're all kind of far fetched. Yeah. But when you read certain details about any of them, you're like, well, uh, you know, I could, I could see that. Yeah. I could maybe. But the thing is, like, I'm always like, okay, yeah, yeah, up. Uh, lost me like there's like yeah. a very distinct turning point in all of them we're like yes. too far. you took it too far it's like a bad joke you yes. know like you were setting it up well and then you just yes. ruined it like yes yeah oh yeah yeah definitely 200 years it's not actually there oh it's run by a reptilian people <laughs> oh we all live underground oh okay, yeah no, anytime, no, no, anytime no. the reptiles have more power than i do i don't have i have a problem with that <laughs> I, i'm not i back out really I'm quick i'm not here for that one <laughs> <laughs> well that's all the conspiracy theories i have for mm. this episode yeah this was fun so, we'll have to um if any of our listeners have conspiracies that they're interested in hearing us butcher names of and things yes you should let us math. know because yes uh, please off the top of my head i can think of flat earth society like the flat earthers oh that gets me heated the moon landing thing that also gets me there's heated. a lot of them that we could go have you on. seen new girl when nick believes in the the moon landings faked yeah and he's like the shadows are off. The shadows are off. <laughs> yeah. And Jess is like, it's photoshopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I feel like that's me sometimes with things. Yeah. Like, I really believe in it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the shadows are wrong. And then I'm like, mm, but then I remember like computers exist. Right. And yeah. like people do it as a joke. Um, the other thing that I was going to say about these conspiracy theories is it seems like a lot of them 
are started by toddlers just being like, okay, but how? Okay, but how? <laughs> you know, when you're teaching a kid something, they're yes. like, okay, but like, who told you that? Like, how yeah. did you were, you, were you there? Yes. Like, I think it was just some toddler asked uh, a drug head some of these questions and he was like, <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> who did tell me that and then put, That's why put, it's it, always on the, they. put it on the internet somewhere yeah because he doesn't want to we, yeah he says they because he doesn't want to admit that it was a toddler that gave him all these ideas yeah i mean maybe who knows kids are the most you know able to think openly it's so. true yeah maybe that is true so um every week jake and i do a go-to for the week so jake what is your go-to this week this week my go-to's are old fashions Oh, okay. I've been uh, so usually I'm a I'm a big whiskey guy. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, like if I'm at home drinking whiskey, I'll just drink it straight or on okay. on the rocks or something. But you know, I've kind of gotten sick of like burning my taste buds off with whiskey. Yeah. So I've um, been drinking a lot of old fashions lately, and I've started making them myself. I uh, went out and bought all the stuff for them, and I've been peeling wow. peeling my own oranges and everything. So. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying that old fashions kind of getting into like figuring out which bourbons and whiskeys are the right ones to use. And, Mixology. Yeah. That's a good fall drink too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I was drinking a lot of margaritas and uh, mojitos and stuff when it's hot out, but yeah, um, I got to keep my soul warm. So I drink whiskey keep when it's cold. Belly warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What's your go-to this week? Um, well, I have been sick this week Mm, nice and this is another conspiracy that i (laughs) have recently bought like no (laughs) so everyone keeps telling me that their joints are achy because of the barometric pressure of weather yeah i think that's a lie why i don't think that's a real thing why i don't have anything to back it up i just just don't don't think think it's real okay except this so I am like I've said before I'm training for this Ironman. My body aches this week. I thought my body ached. Literally every joint and muscle in my body ached. Mm-hmm. I thought it was from training and getting sick. Mm-hmm. You know when you're like achy, yeah. And you're like, oh, I don't feel good. Yeah. So then I went to my mother's house and Yours? she said she yeah she's my mom this time. Okay. Um, she said she was achy, but she said it's because of the barometric pressure and the weather. And I said. That's not true. And she said, yes, it is. And I said, no, it's not. (laughs) That's exactly how she sounded too. (laughs) Um, Whether that's true or not, I took an Epsom salt bath today, Uh but it had rosemary and mint in it specifically to help with achy muscles. Uh And I guess you can actually rub, like you mix it with your body wash and rub it on your muscles to help. Yeah. I feel like a new woman. Really? So my go-to this week is Epsom salt baths, mm. specifically this Dr. Teal's brand that I used, and I'm going to try and do them once a week now to help my muscles with this weather. <laughs> <laughs> when the weather gets, ba- gets bad, you just put some salt on your body. and I guess. <laughs> I don't how know. The world works, huh? <laughs> Reptiles, man. Reptiles, man. Well, cool. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write review of our show if you haven't already. And if you want to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at blank slate LNK. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Or will we?